0: And uh, we were doing our Thursday night Bible study on different attributes of God. And uh, we did not finish that as far as all the ones that I had on the list. Uh, But I feel like the Lord wants us to go a different direction starting the new year. And so uh, I want you to take your Bibles tonight. And uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25. As I talked on Sunday and interviewed. Our new theme, uh, as you see on the banner behind me here on the wall. Uh, in 2023, uh, we are, uh, it's, a, it's a year of preparation. Uh, preparation uh, unto uh, all good works and every good work, uh, but particularly uh, in, in the life of our assembly here, it's in preparation for uh, the next major phase of the ministry of our church, and that is to get our first building built out on our church property. And so I told you uh, Sunday uh, that there are uh, many different uh, building projects as you go through the scripture. Uh, you'll find a lot of those. And so um, <clears throat> what I want to do uh, for a little bit, and I don't know how long we're going to do it, and I promise you I won't bog you down with it, okay? And I know sometimes when you read through here, it seems like it. Uh, this particular subject uh, may seem like uh, it's not maybe relevant to us today, but I'll tell you it is. Amen. And different things about this. Uh, this structure, this building project in the Old Testament known as the tabernacle. The tabernacle. So if you find your place, Exodus chapter 25, as we do as our custom is around here, stand with me for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God. <clears throat> Begin re- reading in verse 1. I'll read down through verse 9. The Bible says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly. With his heart shall ye take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair ram skins, dyed red badger skins, shittim wood oil for the light spices for the anointing oil for the sweet incense onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and the breastplate and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof even so shall ye make it let's pray Lord, I pray that you'd be with us tonight I ask you'd bless us Lord I pray that you'd help us God I pray that you would speak to us Lord as we look into your word at some of these truths and Lord uh, uh, this is relevant for us God there is practical application here and I pray that we take these things to heart and we thank you for it we ask it in Jesus name Amen. Thank you. Maybe may be seated. Now, uh, this corresponds uh, to also, if you have, as I encourage you to try to do, uh, read through your Bible every year. Most of us, when you read through the Bible, most people start in Genesis, okay? And you'll take the year and you'll read through the Bible. And uh, let me just encourage you, by the way, uh, if you've never done that, once you make that a goal in 2023 uh, to read through your Bible this year? Uh, but if, if you decide you want to follow another uh, Bible reading program, that's fine. I, I'm not. I'm not fussing at what you do, but I I will say this, you need to be in the Bible, amen? But if you're going through that, very soon you're going to come to the book of Exodus. And what you're going to find in the book of Exodus... A good portion of this book has to do with this structure called the tabernacle. Now, what was the purpose of the tabernacle? Well, it's kind of summed up there in Exodus 25 verse 8 when it says, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. You see, folks, it's always been God's desire to dwell in the midst of His people. And we see that all the way back in Genesis when God made Adam and Eve, and uh, part of the purpose God made them for was fellowship. He wanted to Fellowship with them, and by the way, until sin came along that 's exactly what he did and but we don 't have a timeline per se how long that went on before Adam and Eve sinned and were kicked out of the garden. but could you imagine being in that uh, pre sin cursed world? Where God, every day the Bible says in the cool of the evening came and walked with Adam and Eve and talked and fellowshiped with them. Let me tell you folks God has a desire to have a relationship with us. Not know about you but to me uh, that is one fascinating part about God. Who am I that God would want to have a personal relationship with me? Now because of sin, God has had to change uh, throughout, the, uh, uh, throughout the centuries or the millennial if you will of, of, of human history how he's had to deal with man. But we see here when it came to the nation of Israel how was in this divine um, uh, t- uh, structure here known as the tabernacle. Now, what is the tabernacle? Well, the tabernacle was a movable place of meeting that God commanded Moses to build. And, uh, in fact, uh, I will probably sometime in the next few weeks uh, give you some visuals on that. Uh, we'll uh, maybe drop the projector or the, the screen down and put some visuals on the projector so that you can see what this uh, structure looked like. Now, what's interesting about the tabernacle was that it was a shadow of the real tabernacle that was in heaven you see a lot of things happened when Moses was on Mount Sinai and a part of what uh, happened was God showed him the tabernacle in heaven and the one on earth uh, was to be patterned after the one in heaven the tabernacle was built using many expensive materials in fact I just read you the list of building materials there I can tell you this when we put that building up out there I'm not going to be asking for gold silver and bronze okay what we're going to be building that thing out of Uh, we're not going to build it uh, the way it was built then uh, but that's how they built it gold silver bronze precious woods rare uh, materials as far as cloths and those types of things in modern terms just this structure. By the way, truth be told, it wasn't a huge structure. Uh, Eventually, I'll give you the dimensions of it and show you. It it wasn't, you know, some uh, huge grand structure as far as the the dimensions, but back then, uh, as far as uh, in in our monetary system today, just the materials were well over a million dollars. And, of course, back then, that was a lot more uh, than uh, what it may be considered today. But for nearly 400 years, the entire nation of Israel functioned around this structure known as the tabernacle it had three uh, sections to it it had the outer court it had the holy place and the most holy place and again uh, as we kind of go through this uh, not tonight of course but through the next several weeks uh, we'll talk about all these different things and the purpose that God uh, had ordained behind it by the way it was in that most holy place sometimes it's referred to as the holy of holies that God's very presence dwelled and where he communicated with man and and in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 it says that the tabernacle would serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things now one thing that is going to be interesting about as we study this tabernacle is that every single piece of it, I'm talking about down to the very boards uh, that made up the walls, down to the very materials that were made as far as uh, the rings set in the boards, to all this thing to go together every single piece of it had a purpose and all of that pointed to one thing amen and all of that of course pointed uh to the coming messiah one of these days that would come and shed his blood for the sins of the whole world and that of course is jesus christ and listen folks there's no accidents with god everything about god is done on purpose it's done for a reason and we're going to see that as we begin to study out this uh bible study about the tabernacle new tonight and uh, i don't know that we'll get to all three, uh, tonight, but I'll give you as much as we can in the time we have. But before we even talk about the tabernacle, I want to talk about the people of the tabernacle, the people of the tabernacle. Uh, because here's the thing, folks, what God is really interested in is people, okay? And, uh, you know, the, the White River Baptist Church is not this building right here on 112 North Prince Street, okay? Now I'm glad God gave us this building to meet in, amen? Uh, some of you commented out you were, you were chilly coming in tonight, and, and yeah, it's that time of year. In fact, it's, it's actually been, A lot better than what it could have been, right? Or what it could be what it's probably going to be. I'm glad for this building, this comfortable building we had to meet in. But listen, hey, if this building burnt to the ground tonight, White River Baptist Church would still exist. Amen? Amen? Because the church isn't the building, it's the people. It's the gathering together. It's uh, those of us that, that are here together that make up what's known as the church. Amen? In fact, that word church means a called out assembly. And that's exactly what we are here. But all that to say, a building sure does make it nice and functional, a place for us to meet. And so, God always has people. And that's what God is interested in. And we see here that before the tabernacle ever came to be, that God ordained some people to be involved in this. And so the first person we're going to talk about tonight, and if we have time, I'll give you another one. And the first one is Moses. Moses. Now, I think it ought to go, uh, obviously, he was the leader. And uh, Moses was the man that followed God's plan. The man that followed God's plan. Uh, I want you to take your Bibles... um, and uh, you're there in Exodus chapter 25, and uh, what you see here is, look back, if you will, in verse 1. And here's what you see as you go through here. We by no means will have time to cover all these scriptures, but I just want to show you a few of them tonight. Notice what it says in the very first verse, in Exodus chapter 25, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses... And let me tell you, so many times you see God here dealing uh, through His man uh, what the command was going to be, and it was Moses' job to follow the plan that God gave him. Fourteen times in chapter 39 and 40 of the book of Exodus, the Bible says, as the Lord commanded Moses. I'm going to tell you right now, Moses, if you, if you read all this out, and we'll look at some of these verses here in just a moment, but Moses followed God's pattern for the tabernacle to the exact detail. Amen? To the exact detail. And Moses was the one through which God gave the commands. And it was Moses' job to make sure that everything got done exactly the way God wanted for it to be done. Uh, Let's look at a couple places here. Uh, Go to Exodus chapter 39. Exodus chapter 39. We're going to mainly be just in the first couple chapters here of Exodus tonight. Or these few chapters here around chapter 25 and and through chapter 40 and and those places. But Exodus chapter uh, um, 39... And uh, let me just show you a couple verses here. And uh, let, me, let me get over here. Exodus chapter 39, and let's look at verse 42 and 43, alright? Exodus 39, 42 and 43, and uh, notice what he says here. It says, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel made all the work. And Moses did look upon all the work, and behold, they had done it as the Lord had commanded. Even so had they done it, and Moses blessed them." <laughs> Now Moses, if you will, uh, uh, was kind of the, the general contractor, alright? Uh, he was the one that was in charge of making sure this thing got done exactly the way God said for it to get done. And by the way, you know what? At this point in Israel's time, uh, they were obedient. They were doing what they should have done. And uh, and so they, they they made sure that they accomplished it exactly the way it was supposed to be done. By the way, here's what I used to do when I was a Christian school teacher for 12 years. Here's what I always would tell my kids in the Christian school, listen, details are important, amen, details are important, and uh, they, they, you know, uh, the, the work they had to do, I mean, if they didn't put an X in the right place, or circle something, or, or all that, I mean, you know, they, they, had, they were accountable for that, you say, well, what was the point, what was the purpose, it was to teach them that God pays attention to the details, now, if you don't think that's important, then, you know, uh, go through as you're reading Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and don't tell me God doesn't pay attention to details, amen? Even the small things are important to God. Yep. By the way, parents, that's a good thing we need to be teaching our children, yep. amen? At the small things are important. By the way, if you don't think small things are important, don't get a couple boxes checked right on your tax returns and see how it works out for you. Oh, I didn't mean to. I checked everything else. I just for Let's see how the IRS responds. If you accidentally check, you know, that you had X amount of dependents and you didn't really have that many, right? I mean, come on, folks, listen. Uh, it, it, things in life, so small things in life matter. The details are important, and they were important to God. Amen. They ought to be important to us as well. God, let's look at uh, Exodus chapter 40 if you will. Exodus chapter 40. Now, I'm not going to read for you everything in this chapter. But notice what it says there in verse 1. Exodus chapter 40, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Okay? Now, the rest of the chapter here, for the most part, down through about verse 33 gives all the commands that God wanted to be, uh, be done here, okay? It has to do with the tabernacle. It has to do with the anointing of the tabernacle. Aaron and his sons being anointed, setting up the tabernacle. All this were the details that God commanded. And so again, the commands came through Moses and then flowed down to the people. You know what you see? You see God's chain of command, amen? And by the way, folks, God has a chain of command, This thing about authority didn't originate from man. It originated with God. It goes all the way back to the family All right? Adam was, uh, God made Adam first. He was the man. And uh, God created Adam for work. Then he created his wife Eve to help Adam in the work. And God's chain of command is the husband, and then it's the wife, then it's the children. Amen? And, And as you look through that throughout the scripture, God always has a chain of authority. And again, that came from God. By the way, if we have an authority problem, we really have a God problem. Amen. Listen, mankind. What's what's the down in the deep recesses of our of our wicked, sinful hearts? Rebellion is. Amen. And that's why the Bible says, in God's eyes, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Amen. Because God wants us to follow His chain of command, His chain of authority, and that's what we see here all throughout the structure being built as the tabernacle. Now, flip over, if you will, to verse thirty-three, uh, Exodus chapter forty, verse thirty-three. Here's what it says. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar, and set up the hanging of the court of uh, the court gate. Now, notice here, so Moses finished the work. Now, I'll be honest with you. You know what you find, you know, and we're going If we get to this tonight, I am going to show you here. Moses himself didn't do the work. He wasn't the contractor. He was the general contractor, but he wasn't the guy doing the stuff. Okay, but he was the guy accountable to make sure it got done the way God wanted it done. Amen? And by the way, folks, listen to me. I'm not not saying this to uh, toot my own horn tonight. All right. But, I spoke of an authority structure. When it comes to the local New Testament church, God was ordained this thing where Jesus Christ is the head of the church. The Bible is very clear about that. He's the chief shepherd. But the under-shepherd is the pastor of the church. Amen? And by the way, listen, that's why as the pastor, I'm accountable to God to make sure His church is ran the way it says for it to be in His Word. Amen? Right? And that's why the devil always is attacking that. He's always trying to get church members out of the pastor and trying to stir up trouble because if he can buck God's authority chain, then the church isn't going to be effective the way it ought to be. So Moses here, even though he didn't be accountable to God to make sure it got done, In fact, that's what it says. So Moses finished the work. I'm going to show you in just a minute. He didn't do the work, but he was accountable to make sure it got done. And look at verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. By the way, you know why all this happened? Because Moses finished the work. He made sure it got done. Amen? And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord Fill the tabernacle. By the way, when we do things, when we follow God's plan, and do it His way, His glory is going to be there. Amen? His glory is going to be there. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Could you imagine that sight? Imagine that sight. Listen, this pillar of cloud, what was the point in all that? Well, listen, the Bible says it was a shade to the uh, to, uh, to the children of Israel when they were in the desert. It protected them from uh, from the harmful rays of the sun. And by the way, and I'm getting ahead of myself here because because talking about this cloud is going to be part of what we're going to be talking about. But listen, when you do it God's way, you're under God's umbrella of protection. Amen? Yep. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night Again, it was, a, it, was, it was to light them. It was to heat them. Can't you see the parallels here? Amen? And the reason all this happened is because Moses followed God's plan, making sure the tabernacle got done exactly the way it was supposed to get done. Now, what's this have to do with us in 2023? Alright? Um, well, uh, here, here's some practical application. Alright? Just as Moses was shown the fashion of the tabernacle on Mount Sinai by God Himself... Moses didn't deviate from the plan God gave him. He didn't say, Well, God, I don't, instead of using badger skins, uh, I think we ought to use, you know, goat skins or whatever. No, Moses didn't come up with a better plan than what God had. He stuck with God's plan. By the way, let me just say this. When it comes to the local New Testament church, we need to stick with God's plan. Amen. Amen. And he tells us exactly what that plan is in his word. He ain't shy about it. He tells us exactly how the church ought to operate, exactly what the church ought to be doing. Let me tell you, when we get in a mess, when we try to do it our way, and try to uh, you know, come up with these newfangled ideas that we think are going to, you know, well, you know, we want people to come, we want people to come, so we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But the problem is, we never consulted God and what His Word says. Now, I'm not against thinking outside the box, and doing different things and different ideas. In fact, come Sunday, I'm going to give you some new ideas that we're going to do this year. Some different things. But I'm going to tell you this, they may be a little bit out of what we normally do, but they're not outside of your King James Bible, I can tell you that. They're well within the confines of the Word of God. And so I'm going to tell you, uh, Moses here, did it exactly the way God said He should have. By the way, listen, we could could take this, we could chase this along uh, many different directions. Hey, you want your home right? Do it the way God said to do it. Amen? You want to raise good kids? Do it the way God said to do it. You want your finances to be right? Do it the way God said to do it. And on and on and on we can go. And again, when we mess up, it ain't God's fault, it's our fault, because God's already outlined how He wanted it to be. And so God uh, had this plan that he wanted Moses to follow. And you know what, folks, listen. God has a pattern for us as well. Just as God had a pattern for that tabernacle, which was the shadow, uh, the the tabernacle on earth was the shadow of the heavenly. The book of Hebrews tells us, well, guess what? God's got a pattern he wants our lives to follow as well. You say, what could that be? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to show you. Amen. Take your Bibles. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> and God wants your life to be patterned after something as well. He didn't just leave us down here and said, Hey Christian, figure it out. Okay, I'll see you in heaven. That ain't the way it works, okay? Man, God wants to be involved in our life, and, and he will be if we allow him to be. Alright? Romans chapter 8, and look what we see here, verse uh, twenty nine. Man, this is good. Here we go. You ready? Romans eight twenty nine. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. Amen? What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And so what's the pattern for you and I to live our Christian lives? I'll tell you what it is. It's Jesus Christ. Amen? Listen, folks, the ultimate goal of the Christian life is to be like Jesus. Listen, folks ought to be able to look at you and you know what they ought to say? Man, so and so, they remind me of Jesus Christ. Now, will we ever be Christ? No. Okay? Let's, let's, let's be honest. Okay? We fall way short of what we ought to be. But I'll say this, every day we ought to be more like Him than we were the previous day. And we ought to use our failures and our mistakes that we all make to learn from. And, and then listen, folks, when, when you do mess up, when you do make a mistake, don't keep making the same mistake over and over again. Amen? Because that's the pattern in our lives is that of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles. Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And we see, again, almost uh, uh, well, the same principle here, just said in a few different words, but, but, but the same principle. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. And uh, notice what we see here. Find my place. I'm still working through some of my pages in my new Bible or, or aren't quite broken yet, so I'm not as fast as I was in my older Bible. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Notice what he says here. He says, um, he that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Did you see what it said? He that saith, he abideth in him. That means this. If you say you're a Christian, by the way, if you're truly born again, you got the Holy Spirit of God living in you. Amen? Alright? He's the resident. But notice what he says here. If, if you say he abides in you, ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Here's what that means. If Jesus Christ is living in you, your life ought to be different. Amen? And you ought to walk the way Christ walked. You say, well, how did Christ walk? There's four books in the New Testament called the Gospels that tell you exactly how Jesus Christ walked. And let me tell you, there's enough uh, in the, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to follow Jesus around, to make yourself that 13th disciple and follow Christ, see, what he, see how He thought, see how He acted, see what He said, see what He didn't say, for you to pattern your life after. Amen? For me to pattern my life after. I mean, just probably in one chapter, there's enough to keep us busy for for many, many years. And so listen, no excuse. We ought to be walking as Jesus walked. Remember a a few, um, that's probably been uh, 10, 20 years ago now, there was a big fad out. Everybody was wearing these bracelets that said WWJD. Remember that? Right? And that's uh, you know said, what would Jesus do? Now listen, that's exactly right. I'm afraid that become more of a Christian fad than it did a Christian lifestyle. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. That ought to be what we ask ourselves every single time we make a choice and a decision in the Christian life. What would Jesus do if He were here, if He made this choice and decision? So yeah, just like there was a pattern for that tabernacle, guess what? There's a pattern for me and you and His name is Jesus Christ. Uh, Of this tabernacle was Moses. Now, Quickly, and I'm going to take about ten minutes and we'll be done. Let me show you the second person we find, and uh, about the, or the person of the tabernacle. Go to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31. Again, God has a plan to get things accomplished. He always has a plan. And uh, God doesn't just uh, command something and then just leave us to ourselves to figure it out. Nope, God's pretty much got it all laid out. We just need to follow His plan. Exodus chapter 31 And here's the second person we find. And here's a man man named Bezalel. All right? Bezalel. You thought you had a hard name to pronounce. Okay? Bezalel. All right? Look what it says here in Exodus chapter 31, beginning in verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, There you go, going through God's chain of authority again. See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. By the way, you think that's an accident where he came from? Amen. Who who, who also descended from the tribe of Judah? Amen. Jesus Christ did. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, and in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cutting works, to work in gold, and in silver, and in brass, and in cutting of stones, to set them, and in carvings of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Hamashamak, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all men, I have put wisdom, that they may make, Take all that I have commanded thee. And so here's what you had, alright? Moses, got, the command came from God to Moses. Moses was a general contractor. But uh, God said, now Moses, listen, i got some guys here that are going to be your hands in all this. And I've prepared some men. And uh, the man we see here, who the main uh, man that built all this and oversaw the construction of this building was a man, a man named Bezalel. Now, he didn't have to do it by himself. There was other people. There was another man named here named Aholiab. And him and Bezalel, had, God gave them the skill and the knowledge to construct all these different things God wanted to construct it. By the way, I'm going to tell you, you start reading about this stuff, this was fine, fine craftsmanship. Okay, It wasn't throwing some stained one-bys on a wall back there, okay? Uh, I mean, I think that looks cool, alright? But that, <laughs> listen folks, that is, that's is—that's not even preschool stuff compared to what these guys were doing. I mean, you read about it. You get into the details about what these guys built. I'm going to tell you, this was super skilled craftsmanship. But you know what I love about Bezalel and Aholiab and those other men? The Bible says that God filled them with the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. God's the one that gave them that skill set in order to be able to accomplish what they accomplished and by the way whatever you're good at you didn't did that well it's just natural talent no it's not god gave it to you god gave it to you. There ain't nobody self made all right god has given you the abilities to do whatever it is that that you do in life, and just as God gave this man a holy ab and Bezalel, that word Bezalel, I love it. His name means this: to be in the shadow of God. I love that to be in the shadow of God. And here is what it says of Bezalel in Exodus thirty-six, verse one: that he did according to all the Lord had commanded. So the instructions came from God to Moses. Moses passed them down to Bezalel and Bezalel was the man who made sure the things got accomplished here. Now let me give you some practical application and we'll close this thing out. Don't miss this. Whom God calls, he qualifies. Whom God calls, he qualifies. You say, "Well, you know I I don't know that I could do this or not." Well, I'm going to tell you this, if, if it's something that God has, uh, uh, wants you to do, wants you to accomplish, or has commanded you to do, yes, you can. Absolutely, you can. Because now the problem is, okay, we start. God wants us to step out of our comfort zone to accomplish some of this stuff. Okay? And we don't want to do that. We want to live in our little bubble. Well, you know, we don't want to, you know, have to do things that make us uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you right now, living in your comfort zone will never accomplish great things for God. Amen? The devil, by the way, the, uh, you know, the devil will take what he can get. If he can't get your soul, he wants your effectiveness. And one of the greatest ways he robs Christians' effectiveness is because we're just too afraid to step out of our comfort zone. By the way, last time I checked, being comfortable, is the same thing Jesus was talking about in Revelation chapter 3 called being lukewarm. Amen? By the way, that kind of Christianity makes Jesus Christ want to puke. Hey, listen, He wants you to be on fire for Him. And let me tell you, that literally the, the potential is limitless to what God could use us for if we'll yield ourselves and allow God to stretch us and get us out of our comfort zone and accomplish great things for Him. So don't say, well, I can't do that. No, listen, if God wants you to do it, you can, amen? Here's my philosophy. Can't is a cuss word. I hate that word. Don't tell me you can't. No, let me tell you what it ought to be. I won't. That's really what it is. It's not that I can't, it's I refuse to do it. I won't do it. Amen? Let me tell you, if God tells you to do it, you can do it. Because whom God calls, He qualifies. And that's what we see here about Bezalel. And I'm not really taking as much time as I should talking about him. But man, there are so many passages. And you do that when you're reading through Exodus uh, this year. Man, just look at all the things he accomplished. And when I show you some pictures, when I show you some images of what this tabernacle was, I'm going to tell you folks, this was a phenomenal structure. You realize that these, these uh, the, 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 what's called the furniture of the tabernacle, and we'll get into all that later, but that stuff was covered in pure gold. I mean, and, and, and the fashion. Like, for example, just the, the Ark of the Covenant, okay? The, 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 the cherubim work on top of that Ark. I mean, folks, listen, that was phenomenal craftsmanship. And all that came from these men who God gave the ability to accomplish. Now, you know what? We also have a promise. I want you to take your Bibles. We'll close on this. Go to First Thessalonians, back in the New Testament. I told you this is all going to tie together. It's all going to be very practical in our lives. First Chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to show you something here. And man, this 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 is this is a promise to every single one of us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And what you see here um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 12, are what's known as the 10, the New Testament uh, uh, ten commands for every church member. And you find some things that God has commanded every single one of us that a part of the, the New Testament local New Testament church that He wants for us to do. And uh, we're not going to get into all that. But here's what I want you to see. Look at verse 24. Verse 24. Notice what it says. Faithful is He that calleth you who also will do it. Did you hear what that said? Let me read that again. Faithful is He that calleth you who also will do it. And by the way, What's the it he's talking about? He's talking about accomplishing His will through our lives. And God is faithful. And if we'll allow Him to, and we'll be yielded to Him, folks, I'm telling you, you can do whatever God has commanded for you to do. Amen? Yes, you can. And so God wants all of us uh, to be just like Bezalel and be involved to accomplish the work of God. By the way, God will enable you to do it. Amen? Notice what we see. Now let me just read one more verse to you here. In Exodus chapter 36, verse 2, here's what it said about Bezalel. One whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. Now listen, God stirred up Bezalel in his heart to this work. Amen? And listen, Bezalel, even though he was the one that God commanded to do it, he still had to make the choice to do it. He had to use his free will and say, Yes, God, I will do what it is you called for me to do. And you know, maybe at first, okay, and I don't know for sure, the Bible doesn't give us a ton of background on him, maybe at first he wasn't that great of a craftsman per se. And maybe he had some doubt about his abilities to accomplish this great work. But you know what? Regardless of what he thought his abilities were, God put it in his heart, God stirred his heart to accomplish it. And he said, you know what? If God's put it in my heart, God can equip me to do what He's promised for me to do. Amen? I'll be honest with you. just a testimony from my own life. When God called me to start White River Baptist Church and kick me out of my comfort zone of where I was at and what I was doing. I'll be honest with you. I, I had some questions about my abilities or, or, or what I thought I could do. I didn't think I could do this. I, I didn't want to fail. I mean, I literally, um, one of my biggest um, uh, uh, obstacles in my mind was the fear of Failure. I didn't want to come down here and all the investment that, that that our church up there in Jasonville put in us. I didn't want this thing to come down here and flop and to fail. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. i didn't, I, I never pastored before. I'd never been a senior pastor before. I'd learned from some good men, but I'd never just jumped on head first in the deep end when it came to this kind of stuff. But all I knew is this. God stirred within my heart to the work. Amen? And all I know is, folks, look, day at a time. By the way, you know what days turn into? Months. You know what months turn into? You know what years turn into? Decades. And before you know it, if you're just faithful to God, you'll look back and through God's grace and His ability flowing through you, God can accomplish great and mighty things. Amen? Amen? And you know what? He's got great and mighty things He wants for all of us to accomplish. Just as He did through the structure of the tabernacle, through Bezalel, through Aholiab, and all these other people, God wants to use us as well. Amen? And so I'm anticipating God doing that in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we love You tonight. Thank You for the Word of God.